Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light, the Fight podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. If you recall from last episode, I am now doing a series on borderline personality disorder, sharing some of my thoughts and experiences to help all you out there that are coaches, therapists, if you have loved ones that have borderline personality disorder. If you have borderline personality disorder, to be completely honest, these episodes aren't necessarily for you. So I would definitely suggest that if you have a loved one that has borderline personality disorder, Watch the whole entire episode. Make sure for their situation, it's a good thing to share with them because as you have found out, if you've watched last episode and as you continue to watching these episodes or listening to them, that's not always the best move to share information about the disorder with people that have been diagnosed with it or people that you feel have it because you've diagnosed them. In today's episode, I want to focus on some information that I've come across throughout the years that I think is relevant when comparing narcissistic personality disorder with borderline personality disorder. In fact, comparison is probably the wrong thing to say. I should probably say when people came to me with narcissistic personality disorder, more specifically, when men came to me with the diagnosis already given to them as narcissistic personality disorder, Or when their wives or loved ones came to me and said, hey, we believe they have narcissistic personality disorder. I found a lot of similarities between their version of narcissistic personality disorder and borderline personality disorder. Now, before I tell you this information, I want to give you a disclaimer. I do not want you to go around diagnosing everyone with this information, especially if you hear some things that I say and you start thinking of all the people in your life that manifest some of these characteristics because that's very common. Personality disorders are personalities that are out of order. So they're not personalities that never existed before. They're an extreme version of a personality. And with borderline personality disorder, they have three different parts to this disorder that I talked about in the last episode. If you've not listened to the last episode, I suggest you go back and listen to the last episode where I talked a little bit about my origin story and I introduced what I call the victor, the villain, and the victim. Now, these are all three parts of everyone's personality. They just are out of order. They're more extreme when it comes to someone's borderline personality disorder. With narcissistic personality disorder, I found that this is an extreme version of two of those personality parts that manifest themselves when someone has borderline personality disorder. So more specifically, when someone has narcissistic personality disorder, I see that they oscillate back and forth between these two parts, the victor and the villain. So in brief description, the victor is the part of us that wants to save the day. It's the part of us that wants to show the world that the world is better off with you in it. Now, in a normal person's personality, that's not a bad thing. That's a person stepping into a role of, I need to do something that's going to help and benefit other people. Or they may step into a role that I call the zero hero. So with each one of these parts, 
specifically this part right now I'm talking about is the Victor part. With each one of these parts, they have two subcategories. So with the Victor, there is the zero hero and there is the hero. Now, I'm going to give you a little brief description on this one just so it makes sense why I've seen a lot of similarities between narcissistic personality disorder and borderline personality disorder. And then at the very end, I'm going to make a bold claim that I don't want you to, you know, quote me on, but I want you to take into consideration if you've been trying to treat people with narcissistic personality disorder or you've been trying to help a loved one with narcissistic personality disorder that you may find helpful because at the root of it, there may be underlying issues that are more similar or easier to identify if you look at them through the lens of having borderline personality disorder and then narcissistic personality disorder manifests itself out of these two parts I'm about to explain right now. The victor, as I just mentioned, has two parts, the zero hero and the hero. The zero hero is the part of the victor that says, nobody in the world believes in me. People are always against me. I need to prove the world that I'm good enough and I'm capable. And it's this constant feeling of being the underdog. Now, again, that's with the normal personality. Everyone's going to have that. But with a disorder like BPD, borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, it becomes out of control. They walk around believing that other people are looking down at them, that no one respects them, and they have that chip on their shoulder that they always have something to prove. It fuels and drives everything that they do. They're not motivated by success and those things simply because they want to be able to increase the, the lives of others and to be of help to others. It's coming from this place that people don't believe me, they look down on me, they don't respect me, and the only way for me to win is I have to prove to everybody that they're wrong and I am capable. The problem lies in that is that when someone lacks a personality, has not developed the personality, it is very fragile. They could unknowingly be looking for fuel as the zero hero to their motivation for everything that they do. It's almost as if they need someone to hate on them, to not believe, on them, not believe in them, in order for them to have the motivation to be successful in anything. Now that is the zero hero. Now the other category of the victor is the hero. Now that version, again, in a normal personality type, just a regular personality, not one that's out of order, that one is going to be summonsed by the self. Again, please go back and listen to the last video or watch the last video if you've not already. The self is our core sense of self, the attributes of our personality that we fully developed or at least developed to a certain degree that allows us to know who we really are. The self will sometimes summons the hero and say, we need you to step into this role. Other people are scared um, to take on this role. Other people uh, lack the talents and the ability. And so we need someone to step up and be the hero to save the day, to do hard work, to pay for things, to do things, to benefit everyone around them. Now, again, that's with the normal personality type. With someone like BPD or narcissistic personality disorder, that is going to be out of order or an extreme version of it. So the hero then becomes this person where they feel that the world needs them in such an extreme way 
that not only do they donate money, for one example, donate money to a charity or cause, but they need lots of attention for doing so. You might have met some of these people in your own life, and they, and I'm using a very basic version of this, but a couple of people in my life would be quick to tell me if we're hanging out that they just spilt a drink on their $500 pair of pants, or they can't find their $1,000 pair of sunglasses, or they will, in soon as they can, in a conversation, they're telling you about all the people that they know who are celebrities, all the connections that they have, and how much money that they make. Now, these are all just different examples, but you know these people. You're talking to them, and, and they'll say something like, yeah, you know, yesterday I was talking with, you know, so-and-so, you know, who's, who's the producer of such-and-such such a movie, and, you know, you've probably heard of them. They, they only made like $500 million in the box office. And every time you talk to them, they're constantly putting out this, look who I know, look how much money I have, look at all these great things I do, look how expensive my car is. Now, does everybody do that to some degree in areas where they're trying to show their best self? Of course. But again, personality disorders are that extreme version of it. So these people, it becomes what they feel other people will see them as successful, but they have to show that they're associated with something that's successful and money is usually associated with success. Prestige is usually associated with success. If you hang out in certain circles, social circles, where there's wealthy, famous people, that's usually associated with success. The cost of clothing, so on and so forth. What restaurants they ate at. So if people are constantly pushing that agenda, constantly making those statements, yes, it could simply come from some sort of insecurity within them. But when it's out of order and it's a real disorder, it is showing that they found that if they play this part, some people may respect them, and at the end of the day, they're less likely to be abandoned. Because who's going to abandon a hero? Heroes don't get abandoned, they get praised. And when someone doesn't have a personality, they tend to copy and paste personalities of other people that seem to have found success. We see this more often nowadays with social media. I'm very concerned about adults and youth all having, to some degree, well, I shouldn't say all, Many people, and I believe there's an increase, and in, you know, I, I can't think of the statistics off the top of my head, but I've read a few statistics in recent years that also believe that there's a growing increase in narcissistic personality disorder, or at least the developments of the characteristics, because people are seeing that other people that manifest these signs and symptoms actually are getting praised online. And again, if you're copying and pasting someone's personality and adopting as your own, if you see someone take pictures of social media on their yachts and with their Ferraris and their fancy things, again, most people know that you don't know if they own those things or not, but man, they tend to get a lot of followers. Women specifically, if they have a great body and they have a lot of pictures where they're wearing little clothing or they're doing TikTok videos where they're obviously beautiful and gorgeous and they have lots of followers, it's easy for people that want to be seen and want to be taken serious and want to be a person of prestige or have some sort of clout, it's going to be easy for them to adopt that into their personality. And social media is showing that they can actually, it can actually shift someone's personality to becoming more narcissistic. Now, in the extreme cases, it can develop the personality disorder if it starts young enough. 
but in less extreme cases, it can definitely cause that person to manifest a lot of the characteristics of narcissistic personality disorder. The reason why I'm bringing this up right now is because in this one part that all human beings have, the victor, we all have the zero hero and the hero. But when it becomes a disorder, it stays with us for the majority of our day, our life, and it becomes our identity. Now, the other part that plays really nicely with this, when I say nicely, meaning I'm not saying this is a good thing, but they tend to feed off of each other, is the villain. Now, there's also two parts, two subcategories to the villain. Now, just a quick reminder, because I know this can kind of get complex, and so I'll try to slow it down a little bit because I can talk about this stuff too fast at times. You have the victim, you have the victor, and you have the villain. Each one of them has their own subcategory. And with their subcategories, it gives you a little bit more understanding about the, the polarizing effect those two roles can play. So I already described to you with the victor that there's the zero hero and the hero. With the villain, there's the aggressive villain, and then there's the passive aggressive villain. Or just the, you know, just, it's basically what you're seeing. There's two sides to every coin. So with the aggressive villain, that is the person that is going to be more in your face and more intense. They're going to call you out. They're going to be um, confrontational. They're going to not shy away from arguments, confrontation, and they will be quick to use intimidation and force, sometimes physical, sometimes it's posturing, sometimes it's their money, it's their prestige, their clout, whatever power they have. They exercise a lot of unrighteous dominion and standing over people and telling them that they're the power one. It's a very intense alpha type of a, of a move. Now, the other version of the villain, the passive aggressive villain, those are the people that are going to plot your demise if you do them wrong. They're going to smile and say, oh, great, thank you, I appreciate it. And then behind closed doors, they will be plotting and trying to figure out how can they get even with you. They will not allow you to treat them a certain way. If they feel offended by you, they will go to long lengths to ruin your reputation, maybe your job, your career, um, to do something to you that is going to show you that they are powerful and that they are not to be messed with. Again, do we all have this capability in our personality? Yes, of course, because our parts play a certain role to help the self protect itself. But I want you to imagine a triangle. Each one of these points of the triangle are your part, victor, villain, victim. Inside the triangle is the self. As we get older and as we develop our personality, our true core sense of self starts to come outside of the triangle and it starts to observe and it becomes a manager or using the analogy I used last time, it becomes the coach and it starts to lead our parts to play roles when necessary, when we need them to. And then the self will summons the parts back. And so basically the parts are inside the triangle and the self is the governing body outside the triangle with someone that has a severe personality disorder, like borderline personality disorder or narcissistic personality disorder. The self is trapped and contained inside the triangle because of various life circumstances, horrible things that have happened to the person. The parts have said something like this. Self, you're real cute. You're real loving. You have all these great attributes. And you know, you're, you're really great. However, this is a dangerous world and we need to protect you. 
You have proven that you do not have the capabilities to keep yourself safe. Since you're not capable of keep yourself safe, we're going to hijack the system. We, the players, are going to run the team, and the coach has to sit on the bench, and the coach, meaning your sense of self, has to be protected because it's not capable of managing and coaching the way it should be. Well, with the victim, I mean, not the victim, with the villain, it's very similar. I see a lot of people with narcissistic personality disorder oscillate back and forth between the victim, I mean, the villain and the victor. And they play those roles depending upon the scenario and the situation. A lot of times you'll see someone who's very wealthy, and this is not always the case, just using one example. You'll see someone that's very wealthy, donating lots of money and telling everybody how much money they donate, driving the fancy cars, got the jets. And I'm not saying that if you have those nice things that you obviously have a personality disorder. I'm saying this is sometimes how you can see the extreme version of the, the victor. Now that person did not get to that high platform by always just being the person who saves the day. Sometimes they have to play a different role and they have to summons the part of the villain. Sometimes they have to be the cutthroat person that literally can look you dead in the eyes and just say, it's just business. They don't see you as a human. They don't see you as a person that they need to respect and honor your existence as a person. Instead, they see you as a pawn. They see you as simply a tool or something that they need to avoid, get rid of, or use to their benefit. I want to share this part with you today because this may just be dumb luck on my part, or if you're another mental health professional listening to this, I could be judged as being because of my background with borderline personality disorder, my own personal life. Maybe I'm just, I, I'm looking for borderline in every single thing that I see. I acknowledge that that may be a fair criticism. However, I've done a lot of work personally and professionally to make sure that I illuminate my blind spots. Just like when cars nowadays have the beep, 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 your, your mirrors start to flash when you're about to hit someone or they're getting close to you, that's there to protect yourself. I've tried to illuminate my blind spots to make sure that I'm not trying to diagnose everyone with borderline personality disorder. But in my experience working with males specifically, I can't say this for all females, but males specifically, when I've worked with males who are narcissistic and have been diagnosed with that, or I've diagnosed them with that after thorough research and history, because I do not give diagnosis with borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorders, extreme things like this, as easy as I would depression, anxiety. I have to do a lot more work and I have to get to know the person. I have to get them to bring, let down some of their guard because I could diagnose a lot of people out, out the gate, off the jump with those two personality disorders if I was just looking at if they hit certain criteria. It's more complex than that. But what I have found is that the people, men, sorry, men that I've worked with that have narcissistic personality disorder, whether I gave it to them or whether someone else diagnosed them with it, they actually tend to lean more towards having a personality disorder underlying which actually created the narcissistic personality disorder and gave it a meaning and a purpose in the first place. And that is borderline personality disorder. Again, I don't know if this just happened, random happenstance, but I kept track of this very closely throughout my career. And every time I had a husband, a guy come in that was narcissistic, as we do deeper information, 
They had the same fears of abandonment that a borderline personality disorder person had. In fact, I could detail the time in their life where they determined that the narcissistic personality disorder would never be abandoned because people are either too scared to abandon them or they're too valuable. In fact, those people, and I'm not saying they cannot commit suicide, that, that, that they're not people who will not be suicidal because I had that happen a lot, but I never had one of those men attempt suicide. They'd threatened it. They'd gotten close, but I never had one of them attempt it in all the years I've been working with them. At the end of the day, they're able to do something called self-hypnosis. I will elaborate more about self-hypnosis in another episode here on OG Therapy, but in short, they become masters at convincing them that things did not happen. I truly believe they could take a lie detector test and pass it because they believe what they say. They've gotten so skilled at it because if they didn't believe it, they would have some sort of conscious awareness that they are deserving or worthy of abandonment because their behavior is so unbearable because they've done such horrible things. They've been so mean to people. They've hurt people. They've manipulated people and systems. They've lied. They've cheated. They've stole that they actually have to believe their lies. Otherwise, they couldn't continue to lie at that degree because to them, it's not a lie. It's the truth. That's why I call it self-hypnosis. Now, when the self-hypnosis wears off, maybe they're threatening to go to, maybe they're being threatened with going to jail, divorce, financial struggles, whatever it may be. There's windows of opportunity when that hypnosis wears off where I'm able to counsel them and, and have good treatment and provide good therapy for them. But sometimes it takes me a while to find those windows. So I want to leave you with one last thing. If you are suspicious of someone being narcissistic in your life, be very careful, and I made mention this last time, to call them narcissistic. Because two things in my experience tend to happen. One, they will believe that you're trying to set them up that you're trying to discredit them, that you're trying to expose them to the world because there's such a negative connotation with being narcissistic. But more recently, I've also had another response from people when they've been called out as being narcissistic and they actually were narcissistic. And that is they embrace it and they like it. They don't necessarily say thank you, but it actually is a confirmation that, hey, sometimes you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. With the increase of social media and the narcissistic characteristics coming out of people because they become so obsessed with copying and pasting other people's personality and trying to associate themselves with it, that could actually be a compliment. So don't tell someone that's narcissistic personality disorder, and I'm specifically talking to you therapists, you spouses, mostly you women out there that have tried to come to me and try to get me to tell your husbands that they're narcissistic and you're begging me and say, they need to know. They need to have their feet to the fire. And just like all the people I've told in my private practice, be careful what you wish for. Because they will either deny it, and now you've exposed what we're trying to do, which is to treat them and help them, not call them out. And not like publicly humiliate them or shame them. And then more recently, they say, well, that's what I was trying to do. I've been trying to be the best. I've been trying to have the world revolve around me. And so a lot of people now are taking the, the stage that you actually have to be narcissistic to get things done. 
Well, as always, you guys, thank you for visiting me on Light the Fight, more specifically these new editions of Light the Fight called OG Therapy and the series I'm running on Borderline Personality Disorder. If you like this information, please leave uh, your comments in on Instagram, on YouTube, message me. If you're on Patreon, please uh, give me a, a message on Patreon. If you have any more suggestions of information you'd like me to talk about, Borderline Personality Disorder or Narcissistic Personality Disorder, on the main feed for Light the Fight next week, I'll be talking about something that's not specifically related to these two personality disorders, but something that pretty much shows up consistently in the loved ones that are trying to love people this, and it's called Learned Helplessness. If you'd like to know more about that, pay attention for the next episode of Light the Fight. And until then, thank you for helping us to light the fight.